0: Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991 to Boston, Bloomberg 1200, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Markets.
1: This is the Bloomberg Markets. Corey Johnson, Carol Mass are out here outside.
2: In the balmy.
1: In a balmy Boston weather. It's negative it's 70 it's degrees here in Boston right now. <laughs> I'm whining the uh, science
2: museum has a way to, like, stop my sniffles or something. What do you think? Yeah, it's
1: called Walls. We'll be talking about architecture <laughs> shortly. Uh, <laughs> yes. uh, well, as we sit here alongside the Charles River at the Boston Museum of Science. We're going to talk uh, about what's cool
2: location. at uh, Boston's North End.
1: Yeah, interesting, you know, interesting developments, uh, development, I should say, and developing yeah. the North End and changing the North End a little bit. Uh, and, and some common issues uh, affecting a lot of major cities in America. So we'll talk about
0: that in a little bit. But first, let's get the latest in business news headlines from Charlie Pellet. Charlie? All right. Thank you very much. I can hear the cold blowing across the microphones in Boston. We have got the Dow and S&P both moving lower right now. NASDAQ is advancing. NASDAQ is at a record up 16 points to 61.18, up three-tenths of one percent. So new records for technology. The dollar gaining with Treasury yields as bets increase for a hike in U.S. borrowing costs next month, dampening a rebound in commodities. Equity volatility as measured by the VIX, now at a 24-year low. Gold down 11.60 the ounce. To 1215, a drop there of 1%, West Texas Intermediate Crude Oil down 1.1%, down 49 cents a barrel to $45.94. The Walt Disney Company will report after the closing bell with lots of focus on its ESPN business. Paul Sweeney is a Bloomberg Intelligence Director of North American Research.
2: Two other big areas for the company, obviously, are the parks and resorts uh, business. That has been a phenomenal business for them. It is a solid, low-double-digit grower in profits every single year. Uh, we're actually coming up to the one-year anniversary of the opening of Shanghai Disney, uh, their big foray into China, so investors are going to want to
0: see how that's progressing. But that continues to be a very strong business for them. And again, the Walt Disney Company reports after the closing bell. Analysts looking for a $1.41 a share on revenue of 13.45 billion dollars. Marriott International shares moving higher today up six and a half percent as it benefits from growth both inside and outside the U.S. in the first quarter. Recapping the Dow down 21 points down one-tenth of one percent. S&P down a point a drop there also of one-tenth of one percent. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash.
2: Charlie Pellet, thank you so much. Charlie Pellet with a Bloomberg Business News Flash. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets, and this is Bloomberg. A lot of
1: building going on in the city of Boston right now, including the largest residential tower in the city, changing the skyline. Uh, not too far from where we are right now at the Museum of Science here on, on the north end, uh, the Avalon North Station. Uh, you see it, Carol? It's actually right over there. It's right there, right? And uh, it's, a, it's a dramatic change uh, to this city and, and, a, and a big project uh, in, in the historic North End. Phil Casey joins right, right now. He's principal at CBT Architects. Uh, and I thought, it, you know, it'd be. It's, talk to me about sort of what you're trying to do with this building that could. Um, I think it looks lo- lovely up inside, but I. I it certainly changes the the balance of this neighborhood. That's that's so uh, old in this in this wonderful city.
3: Yeah, it really is. The project itself gave us some unique opportunities from a design perspective. Part of it's just the location of where the project is. It's adjacent to the TD Garden, but it's actually really uh, at the intersection of you know three very distinct historic neighborhoods. You've got the Bullfinch Cross, or Bullfinch yeah. Triangle, which we're part of. You've got the West End, and you've got the North End. A couple of the design elements we were able to incorporate, two-story open-air arcade that allows pedestrians really to circulate through it with the idea that we could really re-knit those kind of historic neighborhoods back together, reinvigorate the neighborhood, the street life, the pedestrian activity. So from a kind of neighborhood contribution development standpoint, that was a big aspect um, with Avalon Bay Communities who we designed this for. And then also just the aspect of really the the tallest rental residential tower in Boston right now is a great opportunity for us, 450 feet tall. Um, you know, we were able to capture unparalleled, you know, expansive views, 360 degrees for the units themselves. Nice also gave us the opportunity really from a, an exterior perspective to kind of create a gateway portal into the city from the north. This is really if you're coming in on a car from 93 or from the train station, the idea that a distinctive building form, nighttime silhouette really has a kind of a marker for the city. So a great opportunity that way.
2: What's different about doing a building at, in the north end versus somewhere else in the city of Boston?
3: You know, it's interesting. The sort of character of the neighborhood, there's sort of this uh, gritty authenticity, we call it a little bit. Yeah. There's a rich history like a lot of neighborhoods. Neighborhoods in Boston, it had kind of a, uh, an industrial past and a bit of a transportation hub past. So, we try and incorporate some of those sort of elements into the design and think about the history of it and how that can really contribute to sort of the, this transformation that's really happening in this neighborhood. You know, we talk about it, it really started when the, the central artery, the elevated central artery, came down. That was in the a little after 2000. Really changed the landscape, brought open space, the greenway to the neighborhood. Yeah. Just reinvigorated everything. Brings housing, street life, and activation. It's like
2: what happened in New York when they took down that kind of the elevated highways, right? It's like it just tra- it's transformed. It's or San Francisco,
1: and the Embarcadero, the same yeah. thing. I mean,
2: just transforms the area.
1: Absolutely,
3: total game changer, really.
1: Uh, a lot is changing the way that people live, uh, not just in, in, in cities in particular. Uh, uh, and and one of the interesting things to me uh, in high rise development is is this amenities, the amenities. And Buildings in New York and Mm -hmm. here in in San Francisco. Um, What kind of
3: amenities are table stakes these days for a luxury high-rise?
2: Are there pelotons in a fitness (laughs) uh, room? That's what I want to know. We
3: call it the battle of the amenities, right? (laughs) Everybody's sort of trying to top each other. It's what's that differentiator for each new project that's coming on board. And what we're seeing a lot of are these high-rise lounge spaces. Up in the sky, we have one on Avalon North Station, the Sky Pavilion up at almost 400 feet. What really? floor is that? 35th floor. Oh, so a 30 story building. Got it. Okay. Exactly. So, you know, we're putting these amenities up high where you might be able to put a, a resident or a, an apartment, but we're actually putting it to amenity spaces and then having exterior spaces, even though on a day like today in the Northeast, it's not always maybe as usable. There's what are really you talking a, about? Yeah. It's beautiful here, I know. Um, <laughs> it is real, beautiful. It's just we're, cold. We're going to go for a swim. <laughs> <Yeah. better. laughs> um, there's really an, an impact from a residential standpoint and a, and a memorable one. From, from
1: so here. what kind of things though? So it's a common yeah. spaces, presumably gym right so it's
3: it, you've got fitness centers sometimes there's pools in there um, dogs pets amenities so dog spas and dog tracks running those are big parts of this um, and everything sort theater of, uh, not quite a theater yet, but uh, in all these cafe spaces, kind of the Starbucks lifestyle, the idea that you can work outside your unit. You don't have to live within your apartment, but it's all these sort of spaces that supplement how you work and live within that building.
2: We're talking with Phil Casey, principal at CBT Architects here uh, at the Museum of Science in Boston. The other thing, though, is what about materials and making it green and all of those wonderful things?
3: You know, sustainability is a big factor, too. I think it first came to the office market in a big way, uh, no. major tenants, but we're seeing it it's a must-have in the residential market People care.
2: Well. In terms of making a purchase, they say, well, I want it to be a green building?
3: They absolutely do. That's something we're finding. That's something that building owners are finding, that the people are care. They have an environmental consciousness. They want to understand that the building may be more energy efficient. Maybe they're not directly benefiting from it. They want to understand the energy efficient stats. Sometimes we put them in the lobby of how the building's doing, Mm. how it's reacting from an electricity standpoint, water usage standpoint, so that they understand that they're contributing to sort of those sustainability goals too. I just want to
2: know, do you have lots of closets?
3: Lots of closets, maybe not as big as we would all <laughs> really? like. Um, would you, let me ask really quickly, how long is it going to take you to fill it? Um, I think, you know, they've had a, a very good track record leasing right now. And so I think they're, um, they're probably looking in the next six months to try and, try and fill that. So it's 500 really? units. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, next to the TD garden and all the exciting events that happen there, it's a pretty dynamic, uh, location too.
1: Great stuff. Phil Casey, principal at CBT Architects. We appreciate it.
2: Closets. Lots of closets. <laughs> It's not about plastic. It's about closets. I'm just telling everybody. All right. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets right here on Bloomberg Radio. Let's
1: get to Nathan Hager with a look at World of the National News headlines. He's in our 991 studios in our nation's capital.
4: Words to live by. Thanks, Corrie and Carol. The White House is congratulating Moon Jae-in following his win in South Korea's presidential election. A statement from Press Secretary Sean Spicer says... The White House looks forward to continuing to strengthen the U.S. alliance with the Republic of Korea. Moon's victory will end nine
3: years of conservative rule in Seoul. Basically, South Korea's economy is, has been dominated by these large family-owned conglomerates. And the scandal that took down the previous president was due really to public outrage over the tight links between politicians and big business.
4: Bloomberg reporter Daniel Ten Kate. Moon also favors a softer touch with North Korea. That could put him at odds with President Trump. Every Democrat in the Senate has signed on to a letter urging Republicans to drop their effort to repeal and replace the Affordable Care Act. Florida's Bill Nelson says the House bill would hurt veterans by removing tax credits for private sector health care. These brave men and
0: women who have served our country should be eligible for the same subsidies and tax credits as any other American gets.
4: And they're not getting it. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell says the fact Democrats sent the letter shows that they must agree Obamacare is unsustainable. Eight Democratic senators led by Elizabeth Warren are calling for an investigation into billionaire investor Carl Icahn. They're urging the Securities and Exchange Commission and the Environmental Protection Agency to review whether Icahn used his role as a White House advisor to gain unfair trade advantages in renewable fuel credit markets. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,600 journalists and analysts. In more than 120 countries, I'm Nathan Hager, and this is Bloomberg.